welcome to today's Polaris podcast. I'm Jeremy Whitbeck, a partner of Polaris Wealth, and I have Jeff Powell with me. So Jeff is the managing partner and the chief investment officer, and he's going to be speaking with us today on the financial markets and the impact that the election can have on it. So Jeff, welcome. Good morning. So this is a topic that uh, I'm actually excited to talk about with you because it's something that we're hearing a lot about. Certainly uh, it's covering or it's being covered rather by the news. And so very eager to hear your insights and thoughts as to um, what the elections are going to mean for the market. Yeah, excited to talk about it. Um, one major disclaimer before we kind of get into anything here. Um, we have clients of every political belief. You know, we've got people that are far left. We've got clients that are far right. We've got everybody in between. Uh, the, the one thing that I want to make sure that, you know, while listeners listen to this is that we keep our politics out of these kind of conversations and we also keep it out of the way that we manage money. Uh, we can't afford to be red or blue or purple. We have to be white uh, with what we do. We have to be absolutely agnostic to what goes on politically because uh, we don't want our own personal beliefs to to kind of filter into the way that we manage money. So when you listen to this uh, today, what we're going to be hitting on is a lot of facts. Uh, please don't read into it anything more than, uh, than just what has gone on historically uh, within the marketplace. Yeah, well, th Jeff, thanks for sharing that. I know uh, it can sometimes... Uh be emotionally charged when we talk about the market. So I appreciate the uh, the perspective that we're just going to look at uh, the data and understand what that means to us as investors. Exactly. So, yeah, so to start off with, I was hoping that you could share with us just a general overview, what typically happens to the market in a normal political year? Yeah, so let's let's kind of map this out. So the, the statistics that I'm gonna kind of run through are, are actually uh, from 1900, uh, to president, uh, well, I guess it can't be to president because we haven't had our election yet, but uh, up to the 19 or the 2016 election. Um, and really what we're looking at is just talking more about trends than anything else. Uh, so an election year, if you're looking at a four-year presidential cycle is actually not a bad year. Um, it's the second best year uh, from a historical standpoint. It's just a little bit more choppy than most years where you find uh, uncertainty coming in with, you know, will the current president r remain? Will there be new people in place? Uh, that year's uh, by far, um, you know, the, the more volatile because of that. Uh, but if you go back and kind of look at the other years, the, the first year of a, a presidential cycle is, you know, the, normally the president finding their feet, as is sort of the second. Really, the third and the fourth years of a presidential cycle are, are really where you see. Uh, the great majority of the performance. I see. And so when you look at that, does who wins have an impact then on the market? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a breakdown of, you know, incumbents, uh, both Democrat and uh, Republican, if they win or lose from a historical standpoint, again, going back to 1900. Obviously, since we don't have a Democrat in office right now, it's a little less relevant to talk about. Uh, but from a historical standpoint, um, and again, looking at where we are in early October of 2020, um, if you're looking at the uh, incumbent Republican Party winning uh, the presidency, the markets rally off of that. And it's a, a pretty significant rally, uh, actually the strongest of, of all combinations uh, versus if the incumbent Republican 
uh, party loses actually the worst performance. And you historically have seen that drop occur in October, so pre-election, uh, as well where you've historically seen uh, the drop off in the marketplace. Uh, and then once the election happens, uh, you've seen the markets trade sideways through the rest of the year, uh, just because again, you've got a lame duck president uh, in place at that point. Jeff, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Do you mind walking us through what the polls are indicating? And I know there's been a lot of emphasis recently on who's going to win the president, but there's a lot of other offices that are also up for, um, for getting filled. Can you talk about how the Senate and the House also uh, potentially impact the market and how the, uh, the entire I guess, legislative branch, how that's going to factor into what we would expect going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so right now, um, you know, I'm looking at kind of a, a culmination of polls put together uh, that show that Biden has had a lead you know, pretty much through the uh, through the the nomination process and up to present with a uh, about an eight point lead, which from a historical standpoint is a pretty substantial lead. Uh, that being said, uh, we saw what happened with polls in the 2016 election with Clinton. Um, it's pretty hard to uh, to to kind of believe in polls until election night. We don't know who's going to happen. You know who's going to be elected. Um, you know based upon polls. Although again, from a historical standpoint, it, it definitely has been uh, impactful. Um, the one thing that you, with you asking about the the rest of it, I mean, really, um, you know how the Senate and how the Congress plays out. Uh, also has a, a major impact on the stock market. People think that you know the presidency is the most important, and it is. Uh, but you know, presidents don't make bills. They can certainly influence them, but those come through Congress and Senate. Um, and you know, again, same thing with tax bills and so on. Uh, so really, what you've seen from a historical standpoint is when you've got balance of power, uh, the markets have done best. Uh, having one party controlling all power. Uh, the markets don't do as well. Uh, so again, from a historical point of view only, please do not read into this, uh, having a Democrat as a president with a Congress that's controlled uh, by the Republican Party uh, has done best. Uh, the next best grouping is flipping that, a Republican president uh, with a Democratic-controlled uh, Congress. And then, like I said before, the worst is when you've got um, all power with one party. Uh, they basically are able to railroad through whatever they want to, uh, and the markets from a historical standpoint have not reacted well to that. Yes, that's very interesting. And a lot of this feels very reminiscent of 2016, where there was a lot of certainty at the time that was being quoted on how the election was going to go. And clearly the election went very different uh, that time. Curious if you could share your thoughts as to whether or not the polling data should be trusted, and if or if not, what an investor should uh, do about that potentially with their own financial circumstances and certainly within a portfolio um, consideration. Yeah, I mean, with regard to this year, I mean, obviously, you know, from a historical standpoint, the polls have not been uh, inaccurate. I, I think that, you know, from what we're running into with, with this particular election, uh, the fact that there have been threats to um, uh, taking to court the outcome of what's going to happen with the election 
uh, could add significant uncertainty to the, to the markets after the election, uh, leading up to the election. Again, um, I think it's going to be kind of everything, uh, you know, status quo, so to speak, of the craziness that we've dealt with so far this year. I mean, uh, this market has been led purely by sentiment. Um, I see it being completely led by sentiment into the markets and uh, really, again, uh, depending on um, if there is a need for transfer of power uh, and how that transfer of power operates um, will definitely uh, add to the volatility of the marketplace if there is uh, a question of the legitimacy of our actual election. So if there is something that goes on within it, um, I would say you, you probably want to think about getting a little bit more defensive going into the election uh, with having a larger amount of uncertainty going into it. Yeah, it's, that's, it's very interesting that you uh, mentioned that, Jeff, because there has been some talk about on election night, <clears throat> typically we know who's going to win. And in this case, with there being so many absentee and mail-in ballots, that we may not know who wins. Is this the first time that's ever happened where there's been a an election that could potentially be contested for some time? Well, there's only really been one other uh, election that comes to mind for me, and that was uh, uh, back in 2000 uh, with, uh, with eventually having uh, Bush winning uh, the election over Gore. Uh, but if you remember back in that election, we had uh, a very similar situation where the, there was a question uh, of what happened within Florida and within specific counties. Uh, so originally Gore conceded and then he took back his concession, uh, asked for a recount in uh, Florida. Uh, I actually got a few friends of mine from, uh, from London who reached out to me explaining that since we could no longer rule ourselves properly that England was taking us back. Uh, which I thought was a, quite a funny statement, but uh, it was the first time in a long time that there would have been uh, a cont contention uh, afterwards. And the markets, you know, the markets were already volatile at that point. We were already in uh, the beginning of a downturn in the market. So it's kind of hard to read into, uh, was it purely election? Uh, but it didn't help, let's just put it that way, to, uh, uh, to the volatility that we were experiencing in 2000 with that election. Yes, that's very interesting. So then Jeff, if we kind of take a step back and we look at all of this, what should we do as investors then with our portfolios? And I mean, should we be making some significant changes going into the election? <clears throat> should we all just kind of calm down, take a breather? But what uh, what's going to be the best long-term approach as we go into the election and then ultimately into 2021? Well, one of the things that we always talk about is, is you know, take a deep breath, first of all. I mean, um, we've had clients, again, uh, after last election that were ecstatic. We had people that were threatening to leave the country, um, you know, the full extremes. And again, uh, obviously, uh, depending on your political beliefs, you're going to either be really happy or you're going to be unhappy with what goes on uh, in a month's time. Uh, the reality behind it is that Again, there's ways of investing uh, in any kind of market condition. It's just what you need to do is kind of set up an if-then type of scenario. So if Trump is reelected, uh, what impact will that have on the market and how do you want to invest going forward? Uh, if Biden wins the election, 
what impact is that going to have on the market and how do you want to reposition your portfolio in order to take advantage of uh, a new regime uh, with new ideology. Uh, so it, taking it to extremes that I, you know, I've always found that that's uh, typically the wrong way of going about it. Uh, there's always ways of being able to to invest and find uh, areas of strength within most markets. So uh, it's just really kind of sitting down, mapping out what's going on, being purposeful, uh, trying to remove your emotions out of the equation as much as humanly possible, and, and attacking it from from that angle uh, rather than having a knee jerk reaction. Um, you know, if you remember Jeremy back uh, when Trump was elected. Uh, again, it was a surprise to so many people. Uh, the markets dropped dramatically uh, in the aftermarkets, and the futures were horrible. Um, and I was actually back east, um, you know, at a convention at that time, and had a couple clients express concern. And I was flying home uh, back to California from Florida, and had to go through Texas. I was in a flight that left before the markets opened, and. Uh, what my statement were it was to a few of these clients that really were very concerned and I'm going to cash and I'm like no you're not going to cash I'm like let's talk when I land in Texas I'll have you know an hour and a half layover let's talk the markets were down eight nine percent overnight and by the time I landed in Texas they were up so the, the thing to keep in mind with all this is that there's going to be a knee-jerk reaction most likely with this election and the markets are going to show some volatility you can't react to it. You, you've got to be proactive with how you're dealing with it. And really, again, uh, like we are doing, try to approach your investments as with as much political, you know, uh, being agnostic to politics as much as you possibly can. Uh, removing that allows you to make wise decisions rather than be reactive to, uh, to what's going on within the broad-based markets. Yeah, Jeff, that's a great answer, and it's certainly something that we should all keep in mind to not let short-term events derail long-term plans and strategies. So really appreciate your insights on, on everything that you shared with us. And as always, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, being on this podcast with us this morning. Really my pleasure. Have a great day, Jeremy. All right, you bet. And uh, Jeff, look forward to speaking with you next time. Um, but until then, everyone be safe, be healthy. Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, is a federally registered investment advisor. The information, statements, and opinions expressed in this material are provided for general information only and are subject to change without notice. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security, and is not intended as individual or specific advice. It should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice. Polaris Wealth does not offer professional, legal, or tax advice. All information contained herein is believed to be accurate, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. No advice may be rendered by Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.